0: This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest, the podcast which brings you reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema and instead went straight to DVD, Blu-ray, and streaming media. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me this week are Richard Halls. Hello, everybody. And Tom Jolliffe. Hi, everybody. So, this week we have a martial arts special uh, as a little tribute to the um, the Fighting Spirit Film Festival, uh, which has been really struggling this year to get off the ground because of uh, various things that happened with COVID, uh, but we wish them all the best. Uh, so, this week we're going to look at uh, Jiu Jitsu, uh, followed by Death Fighter, Guardian, and fight of fury and enter the fire we've got a right bumper bunch of films this week our short shot is going to be a kung fu vampire story and our dtv throwback is the olivia gruner starring nemesis so without further ado let's crack on so our first review this week is jujitsu Every six years, an ancient order of jiu-jitsu fighters join forces to battle a vicious race of alien invaders. But when a celebrated war hero goes down in defeat, the fate of the planet and mankind hangs in the balance. So this is definitely a mashup of Predator meets um, Mortal Kombat. It uh, stars Alan Moosey from the, uh, the remakes of um, Kickboxer. And we also have the likes of Tony Jaa, and uh, Frank Grillo in the mix, and, and spectacularly, Nick Cage. Um, I've got certain feelings about this film, which I'll get into shortly, but first I'm throwing this over to Tom.
2: Yeah, so this is, um, I think this is gonna be one of those films that divides people sort of down the middle. Uh, You're gonna sort of love it or hate it, really. It's a little bit, I mean, it's got Nick Cage in, so already it's a little bit gonzo. Uh, it just sort of drifts from fight scene to fight scene sort of through various kind of jungle settings and the odd other sort of location as well. It's, it's a bit funny because you got this great cast in it and they're obviously spliced in, in a sort of very particular way. So you, you know, use the best of their schedule basically. Uh, so it's got a lot of highlights, you know, Tony jar gets a couple of fights here and there. Um, You know, Nick Cage does his thing where he's sort of having a lot lot of fun with it. Um, You know, I quite like Alan Moosey. He's sort of getting better and better, I think, over the last few films I've seen him in. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's got quite a few, you know, good set pieces. They go a little bit overboard with sort of camera movement and stuff like that on a few of them. Um, But, yeah, I quite enjoyed it it's a bit you know it's really sort of daft and there's not much logic to it but i thought it was a lot of fun
1: rich over to you what do you make of this one
2: yeah
0: well in, in, picking up on the camera angles thing and that it, it it's uh, directed by dimitri uh, logothesis, who who shepherded in the uh, the new kickboxer movies but only but directed the second one uh, retaliation and then, and that one it had some very particular style visually in the fight scenes, which were quite memorable. There was like that tracking shot of mm. Lucy, uh, that was very memorable, and he seems to have got excited by that. and He's like gone, gone, you know, full bore on this one to do that. In uh, there's like there's one major sequence where the camera's like really following them around and it goes first person for some reason and out again, and all that sort of stuff. Um, just I wasn't kind of, I wasn't really with it, but I kind of admire the, you know, the ambition uh, of going down that route. But yeah, the film itself is definitely a curious beast because it is, as Tom said, basically a bunch of fight scenes put together. Really, really long fight scenes. Uh, like they go on much longer than you would expect. It's kind of like, in, in some cases, I mean, they've ripped off Predator so blatantly but <laughs> you know it's the jungle setting the creature i mean it's got this weird sort of mask on that is kind of cloudy like um uh you know the the, the spider-man film far from home uh yeah,
1: the mysterio the
0: mysterio yes yeah. so he's got like a mysterio head but every now and again like a face pops through and i wish they didn't show that silly face because that looks ridiculous whereas the sort of smokiness that look, looked pretty cool um so yeah they're fighting it's like if if the predator like to have sword fights uh, mm. to a certain extent uh, and it's 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 a strange structure because they're kind of journeying through and just sort of having these encounters but it never sort of feels like you fully understand what the story is and, and what mm. and the main problem i had is i, I don't understand why it was called jujitsu because i don't think that was fully established well enough although it seems to have been in the source graphic novel which I was looking at, which um, the synopsis for just reads quite different, although very similar in certain respects, but you know, like lots more backstory and establishing the, um, the the world and the reason for this. Whereas in this case, it was just kind of, there's a guy, uh, he, he just starts meeting up with people. They've got to get to this destination at the end so he can have this final showdown, which he basically uh, wimped out of the first time around uh, and he's got to have another go. Uh, and that's it. Um, and along the way, we get encounters with all these great um, performers. You know, Moosey himself's really good. Uh, Tony Jarvis, obviously is excellent. Uh, Nicholas Cage gets to be all cagey and stuff uh, and gets to be uh, an intercut with his stunt double doing, doing some uh, quite elaborate moves as well. Uh, and also Mares Crump and Juju Chan and uh, obviously Frank Grillo's in the mix as well. Rick Yoon's in there, but he doesn't do a fight scene or anything. But yeah, so the cast is really good. Uh, visually, it looks quite striking at times. It was all shot in Cyprus, the first ever Hollywood film to be shot entirely there. Um, there's, I think, there's a lot to recommend it, but it is a bit of a it is a bit of a mess. And I think it's it will probably be most fun if you just make it into like a drinking game where you have like have, where you have a shot every every time someone says jujitsu or something like that. <laughs>
1: Um, I, I'm sort of like sixty-four to maybe, maybe seventy thirty on this one. In, you know, in, what I enjoyed, what I didn't like. Um, the, the the what did you guys think of the comic book inserts to sort of get from scene to scene? Did that help or hinder the film for you?
0: It's just like a framing device, isn't it? It's sort of fragments it. Mm-hmm. It makes it a bit more like a. It's kind of been like a Tarantino kind of thing where it's broken up into these like. Distinct chapters, chapters. Yeah. and uh, yeah, that sort of—if anything—it sort of breaks the movie up even more than it already feels.
1: Yeah.
0: If you see what I mean, from my view.
1: This this really felt like a long film for me, and and it is. I mean, it's like one hour forty-five minutes, I think. Um, yeah, for a very thin story that really yeah. makes no sense. <laughs> um, you know, there the were moments in this thing where I'm thinking this this is brilliant, and there are moments in this thing where I'm thinking. Wake, wake, wake me up, you know. Okay, what, what was brilliant? Hmm? Um, what what okay, the whole bit with Tony totally Jar breaking um, Alan Moose's character out of the, the army base. That mm-hmm. whole sequence, the way it was filmed was absolutely superb. Okay. So that's the way even, we get the first person stuff. Even the first person stuff, I, you know, for the first time in ages, that actually clicked with me. And, and I like the fact that it left the first person, went back to third person, you know, for a couple of things, and then jump back in. Um, the bit that didn't work is when he's actually flailing his fists around while in first person. That just looks awful, you know, uh, just leave all that shit out. But, um, you know, putting us there in the mix, watch, basically watching Tony Jar do his thing, that, that actually worked really well. So, so that was fine. I thought the, the alien suit design was pretty good, reminding me of the, the Guyver kind, kind of thing. Yeah, it's the, uh, yeah. the, the, the guy, yeah. the guy doing the um, play, playing the, um, the alien. Um, he's, done, he's done a lot of stunt double work for the likes of Jason Momoa. Um He was he was really good in that role. Ryan Turan. That's him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, so there's there's bits here. at The cast as well. I mean, you know, it was great to see Rick Yoon um sort of in this. You know, I haven't seen him in anything since The Fifth Commandment. Uh, he's probably done stuff since then, but it was the last thing I saw him in. Um, it a, I think
0: it was the villain in Olympus Has Fallen, although I've not seen
1: it. Oh, maybe, yeah, the first one, yeah. Mm. Um, but the yeah, I, I've got issues with Alan Moosey he, he he's he's a good performer, you know, martial arts performer, but he's a terrible actor. He he, he has zero expression on his face. The guy is a plank. I'm afraid <laughs> to say he really is. Um, uh, and I, I really wish somebody else was in that role, you know, but but there you go, you know, um, what else could I say? Oh, so Nicholas Cage, I mean, we see him briefly at the beginning as um, on, the, on this fishing boat and then he disappears.
0: Yeah, he disappears completely. <laughs> completely. <laughs> so you think, oh, they're going to show him and it's like, no, yeah. not at so. all.
1: And I've forgotten about him, you know, when he eventually turns up and, it, and it's such a weird sequence, you know, Alamuzi falls through this hole in the ground and he he basically lands it in Nicholas Cage's lair and, and the first thought that came to my ha- head was, I bet they just filmed this in, in Nick Cage's house. You know, uh, this is where Nick Cage actually lives. <laughs> you know, mm. and his performance was superb. It wasn't it wasn't. Um, this is Nick Cage. It wasn't over the top, you know. It was. It was a bit larger than life, but it actually suited the film. Unlike his performance in uh, *Color Out of Space*, which we talked about ages ago, um, which just didn't fit the film. This one, he—I think he's brilliant. You know, he absolutely is. And I thought it was great every time he's on the screen. It definitely
0: fit better than something like *Outcast*. Yeah. Which is a similar kind of environment, although mm. you know. More, more medieval kind of style.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 there are bits I, I really like. The fights were good. Tony Charles always great to watch. Um, there are a few sort of silly bits here and there. Um, but yeah. you, how,
0: What did you feel about the beginning of the movie? Because it opens with this kind of chase through the through the um, jungle. But,
1: but yeah, the CGI sort of throwing star things just look really bad. Yeah, don't you think no. he's
0: the worst shot ever for like this fantastic yes. hunter? Yeah.
1: <laughs> he doesn't the, hit anyone at any he, point
0: with those things.
1: Well, well, not only that, but the whole thing—you know, with, there's there's a bit where he, he attacks Tony Jar and and Alan after they left the the army base, but doesn't kill them. He, j- he you know he's just playing around with them. The whole thing with the um the the sort of predator vision thing, I thought was awful. It really was, you know. Um, it added nothing to the film at all. I, I think, I think, there was they were trying to do something to say that the the, the hooded cloak things that the guys were wearing, oh, yeah. act, actually cloaks them from his his vision thing, because it's only when they sort of take the hood off we go oh there he is with it with the heartbeat and everything. But um, no, I, I thought those bits just killed the film. The music was wrong for those bits. It, it just it was just dull unfortunately um, but yeah so I mean I think between this and uh, kickboxer retaliation I think they're probably on a level pegging with me
0: I think that worked better as a, as a film as a story whereas this mm. one for me just didn't quite it didn't quite work it doesn't gel. mainly because I don't understand why I mean did you did I miss anything did you follow why it's called jujitsu
1: jitsu no no, and I'm sure oh, that anyone who no, studies no, Jiu-Jitsu... I'm sure anyone who studies Jiu-Jitsu is going to be scratching their heads, going, "Why? You know, it's just but, like, it just like seems
0: completely arbitrary. They could have called it karate, or could have or, it, or, or, yeah. or Krav Magar, I don't know, or Muay mm. Thai. It's yeah. probably more appropriate. Well, but, to yeah, more,
1: exactly, because there is more Muay Thai in there than anything else. But I mean, I guess yeah, it because, makes
0: it stand out apart from you know calling it, um, you know, whatever alien alien hunting mm. ground or, or something, yeah. or just some sort of random some title.
1: typical generic thing, yeah. I was worried about the whether comedy, people
0: will engage with that. Term.
1: Yeah, the comedy Go side on. of it I quite liked as well. You know, the um, the, the translator guy. Yeah, Tex, thought, played by yeah. Eddie Steeples. He was good, wasn't he, really? I thought he I was thought. pretty good in this, yeah. yeah. Quite enjoyed his performance. So, yeah, overall, it was... Yeah, the, the good outweighed the bad, but there's a lot of bad, you know. E- even for a seasoned sort of DTV fan like like we are, um, it, it could have lost about 10, 15 minutes, I think. In so Tom, the fact time. that we've got,
0: yeah. well, Tom, we've got Frank Grillo and Tony Jar, so, and the sort of fantastical setting. So it automatically makes you think of when Frank Grillo teamed up with uh, Eco Away for Beyond Skyline. Mm. How do you think the two would fit as a double bill? Yeah.
2: Um. I don't know. I was a little bit disappointed with, with um Grillo in this. I just think he wasn't given that much to do. No, yeah, I think I and think he, you're right. You know, there he's isn't got such a good presence no. normally that you know you expect him to be more sort of central to it. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I don't really remember him doing much in the film.
1: No. Yeah. The wor- the worst bit for him is that the um uh, you know he um he, he throws a knife at the alien and get, he sort of you know stabs him in the chest with it. The alien pulls it out and uses the knife to kill one of one of the team. And the expression on Frank Grillo's face is just like, okay, you know, it's it's almost like he's looking at the camera going, "What am I meant to be looking at?" <laughs> you know, I, I don't think they'd actually decided at that point. It's just like, yeah, just kind of look over in that direction, Frank. Yeah, but why? But yeah okay um scores guys so rich well
0: i i think they're still good i think there's still a lot that's interesting and entertaining about it so i'm gonna go seven
2: mm-hmm.
1: and
0: uh tom
2: i think i'll go for a six solid mm-hmm.
1: six yeah solid six for this one i'm I'm going to go for a seven as well. Um, As I said, I think the good outweighs the bad. Uh, It could be shorter. There are some weird bits. And and yeah, the the central person is is a plank, as far as I'm concerned. Um, But there you go. So two sevens and a six for jiu-jitsu. Our next review is Death Fighter. When an American cop witnesses Mentor's murder in a trade deal gone wrong, he finds himself on the wrong side of the law in Thailand. But despite the bounty on his head and pressure to leave the country, he teams up with an ex-military mercenary out to settle a score of his own to bring the killers to justice. Their quest for vengeance brings them face to face with a band of notorious criminals who vow to take them down if the jungle's natural elements don't kill them first. Okay, uh, straight over to Rich.
0: Ah, well, uh, this one's uh, set in Thailand, and it's, it's it's got a lot of similar features to Jiu-Jitsu in that it's mainly set in a jungle. It's got a fantastic ensemble of uh, performers. Say, so we've got uh, Don Wilson is at the is the headliner, uh, but we've also got uh, Matt Mullins, Cynthia Rothrock, Joe Lewis is in it for a bit, uh, Jawad El-Bernie, <laughs> and uh, there's a great... Uh, Thai martial artist whose name I probably can't pronounce. I think it's Shiranan uh, Manachim uh, uh, So, mm-hmm. uh, the, and there's some really good action in it. It's, I've, I've seen it before, it's been out a little while, but it was much better, the action at least, uh, much better than I remember watching it, uh, when, it when it came out a little, uh, say, I don't know, it must've been a year ago since I saw it. Um, it was made many years ago, it took a very long time to get released, originally called White Tiger. And the white tiger of the title is Matt Mullins' character, and in a way, I think it's it. it the, the thing that sort of jumps out at me at this film is that it's the best Scott Adkins film that Scott Adkins has <laughs> made, <Yeah. laughs> because Matt Mullins is some is such a lookalike of of, mm. of, of Adkins, and and have yeah. both come up around the same amount of time, but it, he never really he, he hasn't broken out in the same way that uh, he did. Um, Bloodfist Fist 2050, which really impressed me. You know, it's a really low budget Roger Corman uh, movie. Uh, he really impressed me with his act- fight scenes in that. And here he is teaming up with Don Wilson, the star of the rest of the Do- of the Blood Fist series. And they're, they're quite a good pair. Uh, Cynthia Rothrock is underused, but she often mm-hmm. is these days. Um, there's a great village action sequence, uh, particularly, um, but some of the, you know, the climax uh, action scenes. But you would... Uh, the guy who directed this is Toby Russell, son of Ken Russell, who is uh, one of the guys who's basically responsible for bringing uh, Hong Kong cinema and, you know, fandom uh, into the, into the, into, well, Britain specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, So he knows his stuff and he knows how to do a good scene. You know, the the fight scenes are shot really well. They're, you know, they're not overcut. Uh, So yeah, it's, it's, it's one that not many people know about, I don't think, but I think it's definitely worth seeking out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is this is available on the uh, Amazon Prime um, at the moment, so if, if you're a Prime subscriber, you can find it. Uh, I, I agree with you. I mean, i I really liked uh, Matt Mullins in this. He he was the um, sort of the final guy in Blood and Bone as well um, sort of the one that Michael, oh, Michael right, and, stuff out. Yeah. Um, and, and also he played one of the characters in the one of the Mortal Kombat um, web series uh, a few oh, years yes. back as well um, and he was really good in that uh, he played he played the, the one who's like the TV star or something that, Yeah you know, Johnny Cage Johnny Cage yeah yeah Mortal Kombat he, Legacy Yeah that's it he was really good in that as well so so yeah I was I was really impressed to sort of see him in a in a leading role for once uh, as you say, uh, Cynthia Rothrock not quite used as much um, and her fight scene at the end is, is the most heavily edited um, in, in the film as well. I'm not sure why that happened to me. But yeah, this this is this is a lot of fun. Um, as you say, that, that village sequence is really good as well. So, Especially
0: the fighting underneath the house bit. Yes, that that's was, right. That Very bright.
1: reminiscent of um, Drunken Master 2 actually, that sequence. Uh, I thought that worked really well. And the so, same guy who
0: does that fight, that does that mm. scene, also does a scene where he's fighting on top of a truck, which is pretty darn good as well. Yeah,
1: that. oh yeah, that bit that whole bit was really cool. Yeah. So yeah, this this was um it was, it was a nice little find this on 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 Prime for me. Uh Tom, have you seen this one?
2: Yeah, I have. Yeah. Um I was quite surprised really that it's taken so long to sort of come out. Um I think what what it was like five, six years ago they filmed it, or maybe even longer than that.
0: Yeah, I think it was around Um, like 2012 or something and Joe Lewis, who was in the big first part of the film, has died many years ago now. (laughs) Mm.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've sort of of kept half an eye on it for so long. You just lost track of, you know, when it would actually finally come out. Mm -hmm. But um, no, I enjoyed it. You know, I'm a big fan of Don and Cynthia. So seeing them sort of back in action again is quite good because they tend to be sort of cameo artists these days.
0: Yeah, I think in terms of Don Wilson, it's one of only two that are like really sort of stand out from the last 20 years. And I think the other one Probably, is uh, yeah. the, the Jesse yeah. Johnson movie he did. The Last um, Sentinel, Yeah, Last Sentinel.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's totally good great. to see them back sort of, you know, doing their thing. Um, yeah, nice fight scenes. It kind of, like you said, Rich, um, it's some similarities with Jiu Jitsu in the way that it's sort of similar settings, but it kind of drifts from scene to scene, action scene mm. to action scene. So some of the settings got a little bit repetitive, um, but, you know, otherwise it was good fun. That opening sequence,
1: uh, you know, you you mentioned that he's like the poor man's Scott Atkins to a certain. Well, name. I didn't say poor
0: man's, I, I said I know, no, so like I know, easily that's... easily confused. But yeah. I mean, he's got some spectacular moves, and I mean, he, does, he yeah. really does. I mean, they're yeah. they're they're very comparable. I would say mm-hmm. he just hasn't had the success that Adkins has had. He just looks Indeed. a lot like it.
1: Yeah, I I, I, I remove my my statement. You want to? But um the opening sequence I'm watching it and I'm thinking, have I seen this film before? And the reason I thought that is that the whole opening bit that chase thing through the jungle it is so reminiscent of the beginning of uh, hard Target 2.
0: Yeah well it is there a lot quite a bit a few bits of the film did remind me of hard Target 2 again because of that Scott Atkins element you know. Hmm.
1: Definitely, yeah. But this is definitely worth checking out, I think. Um, if, if you're a Prime subscriber, and if not, um, then you can always rent it it's online. So, yeah, worth doing. Uh, what did you think the about board? the retitling? Of
2: it? Yeah, that was, was it, a bit was weird. Is, I mean, I, I can't remember tiger. how the
1: titles come up at the beginning, but I did notice it was called still called White Tiger Over the End Credits.
0: Yeah. But Death Fighter is like... It's like one of those nineteen uh, eighties just let's grab two words and put yeah. them together.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Just put, put put random words in a hat and, and pick them out and see what we end up with. Oh, Death Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, well, I think isn't it one called Fist Fighter and Fist Shooter and all this sort of yeah, stuff? bowling Shoot
0: fighter and all Shoot shooter, fighter, yeah,
1: exactly. But anyway. Yeah, there's, oh there's all sorts yeah (laughs) scores on the doors guys i'm going to give this one a solid seven
2: Uh, tom uh yeah i'll go for a solid seven as well Mm
0: -hmm. i'm gonna go slightly lower on this one i think in terms of the the plotting and and that i was less engaged i think the action's really good but Mm -hmm. the other elements for me let it down a bit so i'm going to go six
1: Okay, okay. So yeah, we mentioned uh, Toby Russell um, directed this. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I used to have a copy of um, Cinema of Vengeance, which was his um, documentary about uh, Hong Kong cinema back in the 90s. And he also did Top Fighter, I believe, was the follow up to that. Mm. Um, but, you know, it, it's great to see him doing like, a, you know, proper feature. So, yeah, I'm glad it finally did get managed to get released. So two sevens and a six for um, Death Fighter. Go check it out. Our next review is Guardian. After the mysterious death of her undercover cop husband, a female martial artist must protect her daughter from corrupt police, politicians, and hired assassins who will do anything to conceal the truth, dot, dot, dot. Um... So we've seen this film or a version of this film numerous times. Rich um, Fury, um, yeah, Fury, Maria, can't Maria um, was another mm-hmm. one, the, um, the Filipino one. Yeah, uh, you know, it's a, a copper plate sort of like you know, um, female martial artists protecting a sort of sibling or loved one. Um, I've got one major issue with this film, and that is the fucking cinematography not the cinematography but the 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 camera work is atrocious in this film as is the editing but more so the actual camera work it was awful (laughs) yeah it was kind of well one of the things I I picked up when when I
0: first watched it um, and I think I messaged you at the time Hmm. to tell you about it and uh, it was like this I'm not sure about this because it's it, the fight scene that opens the film is just so terribly sharp. Uh, yeah. I, I wasn't sure whether it was going to get it's, any better. I think it, it does. But, I, you know, yeah, I be...
1: overall, I, I didn't mind this, but the, this, the, yeah, the camera work was just like, I haven't seen such bad camera work since The Expendables. I mean, you know, or um, Gamer was, was the other one. Yeah. Um, I think someone described Gamer as, uh, you know, um, the um, the, ca- the cameraman was sort of tr- trying to trying to film while strapped to two ro- uh, rollerblades. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. No, this, yeah, that just fucking did my head in. I mean, story-wise, it's fine. Acting, it's fine. You know, you could tell in between all the edits and things that they've put the work in. You know, people are actually sort of, you know, doing decent action stuff it's just not being filmed properly and and that is a real detriment to the film which is a shame so tom what did you make of this
2: i've not actually seen you've it you've not but...
1: actually seen this of course have now. you but heard of it you tom? put me
2: off <laughs> mm. uh, i've not heard of it either
0: so yeah. I, th- this this is one i've wanted to see for years this is from 26 2014 mm. and it's only just as far as i'm aware it's only just turned up on uh, on prime um, this it wasn't at all what i was expecting uh, the the film stars or nominally stars uh, an Amer- a Hollywood actress called Sarah Carter, hmm. who, who had sort of almost broken out with uh, uh, a DOA dead or alive uh, oh, with yeah. uh, Corey Ewan until oh, yeah. 2006. Uh, and I was really interested to see how it was going to, this was going to play out with her in a, in a, an Asian setting, but she ends up being much more of a supporting character for the most part. Uh, it, and I didn't realize that it's like a full-on Indonesian movie uh, with I've, with only her scenes and a few others that are actually in English. That's not a bad thing, but it was just no. quite a surprise to say, oh, it's like a full-on you know, Indonesian action movie uh, with a very distinctive style. They've really gone to town with some big attempts at kind of big car crash visual effects and, and stuff which doesn't quite work but you know i doesn't can't call the work. ambition no yeah. but it I reminded mean, me of that short film the cure we watched you yeah know, where they were just using the cars. yeah
1: there's, like, there's some CGI sort of car. cgi bits but at the same time there's some bits where you can tell the cars are only going 10 miles an hour mm-hmm. you know in, in order to do the stunts and things it's like you know but anyway but yeah, a, yeah the ambition the of, is are saying
0: yeah there's a there's a very long gun battle come car chase scene runs for mm-hmm. about eight minutes that was quite um striking there's a lot of action in the movie uh so you you do get you get your money's worth definitely uh so the fights are quite choppy the there's a another notable sequence where there's a heavy 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 assault on on one of the characters homes you know like seriously like Mm -hmm. blowing it completely to hell with them it's like they might as well have just thrown an explosive in there rather than just wasting all these rounds of ammunition um the uh, the motivation behind the action is a villain trying to cut ties with his past get more respectability or whatever hide the skeletons in his closet that sort of thing that didn't really work for me hugely i sort of seemed again seemed a bit like overkill i was like i'm sure mm-hmm. that he could have come up with a better plan but yeah it deeply uh, flawed but you know very, uh, very entertaining, you know, in t- places, so yeah, I think for enthusiasts, it's well worth,
1: yeah. You know, seeking out. There are some silly bits as well, like, um, the, the whole thing with the daughter, you know, after the house gets attacked and they manage to sort of sneak off, and they're sort of just you know, going like. Literally going, right, be quiet. We want to sort of get away. So get get away, car and, and go off. And her daughter's just going, mom, mom, why are they trying to kill us? Mom, tell me now. <laughs> it's like, oh, for God's sake, get at least get in the car and start driving somewhere before you start sort of doing this. Oh, unfortunately, ridiculous. she's not a very good actress. She's not very good. But she's not, there you not go.
0: very good, unfortunately, no. Mm. It's, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a bit patchy. Mm. It definitely is a bit patchy. Um, but I like the big. The, the ending was really big, and they do yes. again. Some they try to work some CGI into some quite impressive falls. So, like character, like falls mm. through a um, off a balcony, and la- and actually you see them land. So, what they've yeah, done yeah. is they've done some CG and they've taken away the mat and stuff like that. So, I think mm. I quite I admire some of the ambition with some of the sequences. Really, that's what makes it notable. That's what makes it worth seeing. I think.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's if you could if you can handle the camera work, um, then yeah, this is worth seeing. But you know, and you'll know uh, once the, the thing happens in the bathroom, um, whether or not you, it's for you or not, uh, there's a stupid bloody opening sequence as well. Um, I, I won't call it in media rays. It's like a flashback of a flashback. But um, it doesn't do anything. And it keeps drifting off to the titles and then coming back. I'm thinking it was it was the worst title sequence I've seen for a while Hmm. because it just didn't do anything except elongate the film.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot that there's there are a lot of bits that just don't work.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, but somewhere in there, you know, if 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 you sort of like you know wipe off the grime and everything, you might sort of find a a bit of a flawed gem sort of sitting in the middle of it. Another thing is
0: Sarah Carter's. Supposed hmm. to be, and, and you don't realize this until late in the movie. I think she's actually supposed to be Spanish, but or Mexican or something. But you know, I she's think, like yeah. the most
1: American, um, you know, get, yeah. the most
0: white blonde American girl you, you could I get. Think,
1: I think I think she might be supposed to be Spanish because uh, they they sort of talk about trying to get her in, get her back to Spain. Yeah, um, Paquita. name. Yeah, the character's name. But, but um, yeah, I wasn't
0: sure what was happening with her at the first because it was like, oh. Yeah, that, see that yeah, element
1: was quite good because because yeah. you know you assume that the people attacking the house are working for her or she's working with them or something, and then it turns out to be something entirely different is going on, which which, which I really liked. Yeah, you know, I did, I really did like that sort of little plot plot twist. So.
0: Yeah. I just have to correct myself with um, saying well, although Sarah Carter does look very American she's actually Canadian <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, but, that's so why,
0: but that's why she gets cast in loads of stuff like she was in like, Smallville and stuff like that. that's mm. another thing I knew her from so, so, but she's done loads of American TV and that. but yeah I still I liked her in it I just did you know did, the film didn't offer her a huge amount right. to do but I can understand the, the desire to cast a, 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 a marketable you know mm. uh, Hollywood Actress in, in another a film that otherwise might go pretty unnoticed. It seems it, pr- it went pretty unnoticed anyway. Yeah, I don't think it had much of a release anywhere. But uh, yeah, I was I was glad to see it. it. It's got some good moments. I'm gonna give it a six.
1: Yeah, I think I'll join you on a six on this one. Um, it's worth checking out. If again, if if you can handle the camera work, you know, I think your brain might may eventually get adjusted to it as it's going on. But some of it is really rough. Really, really rough. Anyway, two sixes for Guardian. (music) Our next review is Fight of Fury. When the master of martial arts, ex gorka soldier, uncovers widespread sex trafficking network in his own backyard in Los Angeles, with the help of runaway victims, he orchestrates massive attack on the traffickers that wasn't my writing folks that was imdb and i imagine that's been translated from another language um okay so um i'm gonna throw this over to rich to begin with maybe he can make sense of this
0: (laughs) okay so every now and again a film comes along that's so bad uh, but it's so good at the same time uh that you have to tell people about so the this is a you could kind of compare it to something like The Room, although I've never seen The Room, but it's just so transcendently badly executed in, in many respects, that it's, it's just fantastically entertaining to watch. It's a vanity project essentially for its star, who's also the director, Shunny B, who's Natalie's martial artist. I, cannot, I, uh, I can't criticize his credi- cr- credentials as a martial artist because I can tell he's very good, you know, in real life, and he's a teacher and trainer and stuff. But as an actor, as a, as a as a hero in in the movie that he's you know written him for himself, it, it, it's pretty bad. Uh, and uh, there's there's a lot to cover. It's um, it's micro. It's a it's a bit. I'm saying micro budget movie. Uh, there's no big stars in it. There's a guy. Who, there's a guy who looks like Chuck Liddell, who's one of the villains in the movie. That's probably about as close to, you know anybody any sort of big star status you get with the movie but yeah he's he's training uh people he uh st- he uh his his lines are all uh, adr and have this weird echoey sound to them yeah. so it's it's <laughs> so there, there's this weird uh, sort of uh, uh, weird atmosphere to the movie from the get go with all that and it's not uh, it happens with some of the other actors as well because most people are uh, you know dubbed or adr or whatever. But um, you've got that. Uh, it's uh, he, he's showcasing his moves in various scenes where, in the tra- in the traditional style, they come at him one by one. You know, they wait their turn. Uh, but it, you know, that all sort of adds to a bit. There's a there's a scene where he goes to face down some villains in literally someone's backyard, uh, and he's and he's dressed in this like leather ensemble with like yellow on it which is his homage to to bruce lee's uh, game of death he, he does, gets the nunchucks out and stuff i think if i recall correctly mm-hmm. um and yeah that's quite amusing the, the the bits where it falls down mainly are in shunny uh building himself up as a hero and like a savior to to some of these characters and his really creepiness with uh, with his love interest who he rescues uh, he, he's he's just she looks like a lot younger than him, and it just it's really awkward. Uh, and she's like, "Oh yeah," and she starts really sort of seems into it. But you know, like in real life, she'd be like, uh, mm. yeah, "No, you know, I, I like you and everything." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like he, she's rescued. He's just rescued this girl, and then he sort of starts sitting on the desk, sitting really mm. close, leaning in. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Anyway, before I yeah. rattle on too long, Mike, uh, how did you get on? with it
1: Oh God. Um yeah, as you say, this is a, it's, it's a bizarre film. Do you, know, do you know what the weirdest thing about this was? It actually left me wanting more. Yeah because it has no ending. It's got no ending. <laughs> it ends just before the big climactic battle. and I was like, what? No yeah, exactly <laughs> What? what? <Why> <laughs> I... <laughs> and
0: and it, the funny thing is he does this dramatic kick up into the air mm. literally only for the audience. Yeah. because in terms of the film, uh, you know the 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 world of the film doing that kick makes no sense whatsoever <laughs> no. <laughs> so.
1: there's this whole stuff with his daughter as well um yeah you know, it's, his real, so, life as it's well. real life daughter his real life daughter he's spending an amount of time sort of following her around you know this this there's this whole after school special bit where she gets pulled into the principal's office um because she's a the honours student because she defended herself and beat the shit out of some dick dickweed kid at school um you know she um ends up in the principal's office and it is it's a whole sort of like cosby show kind of thing it it just goes on and on um yeah loads of weird scenes in in this really are it's just a mess What
0: what about the going back to his creepiness what about the uh the, the sort of t- martial arts training scene which turns into a love scene mm. which is like it's like he starts he starts like hugging her and stuff was like, <laughs> freaky it's like, yeah and the, it, thing but is, the thing is that sort of spreads from his swing. You, you've yeah. got that first bit of film right at the start when he's doing his training class yeah and it's like the most chaotic it seems the most like, chaotic training yeah. thing ever and and they're all like they're trying to fight off these men who are attacking them and it's just
1: Oh, the thing it's is weird it, it, it is a bit weird but at the same time I can see the merit in that especially when he when he's actually teaching the girl the same sort of thing when I used to, you know when I was doing martial arts you know what they used to say was you know if you're sparring and things like that if you're in a real fight, it's not going to stop just because you got hurt or whatever you know or because you're a bit tired it's not going to stop you got you've got to figure out how to keep going. Uh, and and that's what he was he was trying to teach her, you know you he, you've been overwhelmed but you know you keep fighting and fighting and fighting until until you sort of get somewhere so so I, I kind of like that sort of thing that that he was teaching but as you say it, it's sort of like then start to sort of go into this sort of like this love scene kind of thing which is like no please but. Um, we are talking about oh, other dodgy love scenes in our next review? <laughs>
0: yeah. But what, what about the, um, the bit where he starts, um, talking about his, his, his what happened to his wife? And that I can't really sort of weird. Have,
1: oh, what happened to his wife? I can't There's, remember. There, I know she died. I
0: can't, yeah. But I can't remember exactly what happened, but they're sitting on the bench. Yeah. And he starts telling his, basically his new love interest, what happened to his wife. And, uh, the camera sort of cut uh, the the angle mm. changes so instead of him talking to her he's like doing direct address to the camera yeah. like just his head and uh, it's like mm. we're supposed to be connecting with him or it's a stylistic choice they've obviously gone for but it just doesn't work the other thing is the music in the movie the sound mm. mix is all over the place oh, yeah. so the music is really overwhelming the dialogue in some of the scenes it's so so weirdly Weirdly, there, next.
1: There, there was, I mean, you know, I was complaining in, in our last review in Guardian about the camera work. Um, there is one particular scene in this where you, you can tell the cameraman literally picks the camera up and then moves it a couple of yards to the right and places it back down. You know, <laughs> it's that bad. And they just sort of didn't think to cut or anything. So, like, no, we'll just, we'll just move the camera, it'll we'll be fine. Um, yeah, so it's sort of various things like that throughout the film. But um, thinking, about, thinking of another bit, um, yeah. do you remember, so his
0: daughter gets kidnapped. She's got some quite good moves because he's trained her, so she okay. gets like a little fight scene bit as well, but she gets kidnapped. And he has to rescue her. But then he takes time out to go to the bar to meet up with some of the, you know, the su- survivors, I guess, who are, you know. yeah. Like, because there's this scene at the beginning where they're drugged by this real douchebag who they seem oh, to yeah. go,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And he goes, yeah, have some of this, have some of this. And they, they drug him. And I'm like, they're the most stupid people ever. Basically. And uh, then yeah. he comes back to the same bar and, oh, everything's fine now. And thanks for looking after us. And he comes along and shares some wisdom and stuff. And you know, I'm like, where's your priorities, dude? Mm. <laughs> You're trying. To... I, thought, I thought there was a sense of urgency here.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's a bizarre film. It really is. Uh, and I, I, you know, I had no idea what I was letting myself in for. Well, I kind of did because you you'd, you'd said on um, on sort of messenger that you can't wait to talk about it. And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. Maybe it's a, maybe we found a sort of hidden gem here. <laughs> and, well, that's in, a quite, way, in, in a way, in a way. It
0: is. Yeah, I think because a long time ago, we talked about a mus- an Indian martial arts film called Warrior Savitri. Which mm. I think was, you know, notable for how not good it was in a good way. And then we've also talked about things like Diamond Cartel.
1: Oh god, yeah. Uh,
0: and I, yeah. I do yeah. think Finally this enough. deserves Finally to be enough. Finally
1: enough, yeah. When when, when when you when you call this film up on on um, Amazon Prime, it has like other people have watched Diamond Cartel. <laughs> <laughs> people who watched this film have watched Diamond Cartel as well. I thought, yeah, I bet they have. <laughs> It'd be on their sort of that sort of level. Um, what I don't understand I, is why he didn't
0: finish the story because it's, it's it, you know, he made it. it it's an hour and 20 minutes long. He could have spent been like five minutes more. I think he wanted to sort of leave people people, people wanting, wanting more and to do a uh, scene. And,
1: uh, yeah, and, and, it, yeah, well, I do. I do want more. I want to see what happens at the end. I mean, we did, <laughs> did get a pretty cool... I mean, some of
0: the people in it are good, like himself. There are yeah. some people who are good performers. They've mm. got some skills. Um, but it's just kind of one of those movies where... He's he's just sort of wandering around, you know, saying stuff. He talks to some villains. He get he kind of ends up at that. How, the villains all sit around. By the way, they, they sit mm. around in their garden with women just standing around. Mm. And and this is this is not the only film in, in which we'll, we'll <laughs> see that. But um, it's kind of a bit of like it reminds me of like you could see Steven Seagal being cast in a movie that does that because that's kind of one of the things that people know about Steven Seagal when he does interviews. They're like, yeah, uh, you know, they'll sit, they'll, he'll be sitting on a throne or something and some some uh, loads of women will be standing around. I think actually uh, Asian Connection did that with him. Mm. But anyway, the um, yeah, it's crazy. I, I, I quite admire Shunny B for pulling this together and trying to do it, but it is, it, it's good for all the wrong reasons.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's on, on from a budget point of view, it's it's probably on a level to um, Gino Kang's sort of earlier film, End um, of the Fist. And uh, I would just put it along
0: with something like Arapaiya's work as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so if you don't mind a bit of sort of low budget uh, sort of martial arts work, I mean, yeah, as you said, you can't really sort of fault him as a as a martial artist at all. Yeah, but as an actor, it, um, it's an on starter for sure. Oh,
0: and not, another funny thing is he wears a jacket. At the hmm. beginning of the movie, he's wearing a jacket that's got his name on it. But hmm. then he says, "My name's Brandon." Yeah. We're supposed to be calling him Brandon for the rest of the movie. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> why didn't he God. just if he was going to use his name on his jacket yeah. and everything? Yeah, just, call just him to
1: himself shunted. Well, I mean, never hurt for Jackie Chan. So there you go. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. There's many, many great, great things like that about yeah. it. So you've got to see it. Uh, I'm for 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 all the wrong reasons. I'm giving it an eight
1: oh I, I, I can't do that to myself i'm gonna have to give it. A, no i have to give it a five, yeah, but <laughs> five. I, I completely un- mm. understand i completely understand yeah this is this is this is um it's, it's one of those sort of train wreck sort of things it that, is. you know you, you need to see it you know to, to, ah. to really understand
0: there's another thing i've got to point out mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie one of the, one of the early scenes did you know that he's ripped off the music from nolan's batman movie.
1: Yes, I did notice that.
0: I think it was yeah. like from The Dark Knight or, mm. or or something. But I was like, hang mm. on a minute, you can't take mm. I think there's I think got... and
1: James Newton Howard's yeah. music. <laughs> I think I think there's some other sort of music cues in there which I which I recognize from other things as well.
0: Yeah I wouldn't but be surprised. Yeah. I mean that's the sort of thing you would usually see in like some Thai movies and stuff, you mm. know, where they've used like the Back to the Future theme and, and different bits and bobs. But for a, an American production which is yeah. it because he lives in America, as far as I know. I'm surprised he got away with it, but I guess, you know, being micro-budget, you can kind of
1: yeah. slip it That's in a... under
0: the radar because nobody knows.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we've scored this somewhere. So a five and an eight for... Um, I forgot what it's called. What is it called?
0: Fight of Fury. Not to be confused with Flight of Fury, which is yeah. the Steven cigar movie. This is Fight totally of Fury. Different
1: thing. Yeah, Fight of Fury. a Five and an eight, and you can find it on Amazon Prime. Our next review is Enter the Fire. On the run from the mob, Jake Bolt visits his estranged foster brother. As the mafia closes in, the two brothers must band together to fend off the mafia while trying not to kill each other in the process. Ooh, uh. um, so, there's some good parts to this, I will admit, but that opening fight, that opening fight switch with the australian guy that was the worst thing i've seen ever <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be a mixed martial arts movie in you got the cage. Two, You got two people in the cage and oh my god it's a test card it really is there's nothing <laughs> going on they're not even throwing punches it is the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen and the way to start a film i thought am I going to be able to sit through this? You know, in all honesty, it was dreadful. It really was. The film does pick up a bit better when um, the brothers meet up. There's a couple of other little bits. Um, It does turn out that um, our main guy, um, Ian Lauer, I believe, Mm -hmm. is the actor, um, he's actually got some decent moves. I, I I, I liked his fighting style a lot. And, you know, he does eventually get some decent fights. But, funny enough, he's supposed to fight the same guy from the beginning at the climax as well. Yes. Um, Rematch. Uh, but, he, no, that, that opening fight was, was fucking awful. Um, the two brothers work well together. Um, there's, there's a horrible plot contrivance where... Um, um, Sonia. Jake meets up with Sonia, and it turns out, you know, in all of... What what what, what um, town they were in? Is it Seattle or, or San Francisco? I think it was- uh, San, Francisco. Yeah,
2: San Francisco. It was San Francisco, <laughs> yeah, yeah. wasn't
1: it? Yeah. You know, of all of San Francisco, it turns out his brother has is, is dated the same girl.
0: Oh, but didn't he? Didn't he sort of effectively set them up? Because um, he sent him. He sent him to the bar. That, that particular and I, bar. And I think that that was an. That was kind of. Implied that she was that's because I think that's why she started chatting with him so easily because hmm. you rather than just her being, brother.
1: yeah,
0: or knowing that you know she's uh, that he was coming or something. I don't know, but yeah, it was a bit, it was, it did seem a bit weird, yeah.
1: Um, so, so the bad guys in this, um, are quite amusing as well. You mentioned in, the, in our previous film, um, that you know, we got sort of bad guys with sort of lots of sort of Sort of naked women just sort of hanging around doing nothing. Um, the bad guy in this one just takes it even further, which I thought was really amusing. Sculptures, um, oh, yeah, baby, <laughs> you, you sculptures. But Human the, sculptures. The, the thing about is, is masseuse as well. Oh yeah, and he goes, he turns out his way, he goes, right, pay her a salary in Saka, then get me somebody else. <laughs> I just thought it was really amusing um, for some reason. But, yeah, no, there's, there's some good bits in this. It's more, more of a relationship sort of drama with a few bits of, sort of martial arts thrown in. And, and a lot of what, what, are suppo- what are supposed to be training montages, but are just training sessions done in real time. <laughs> you know, it's, instead of having a montage, it's just like, I'm just going to show you my whole tra- training r- routine um, twice or well, three times during the course of the film. Uh, there you go, um, Rich. What do you make of this?
0: Uh, well, I, actually, I, I really want to throw this over to Tom. Okay. Uh, first, to get to get his take on it, as I know he's a, a Frigno fan.
2: Yeah, I mean that was pretty much why I watched it. Um, I'm with Mike on sort of the opening fight scene, which was really awful, and I was thinking, "Oh God, here we go." But yeah, I mean it does pick up, thankfully, after that. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it sort yeah does sort of drift into becoming this sort of odd relationship drama but I think the film you know it's 70 whatever minutes it is long you know 75 minutes long and it's just padded out with so many montages and there's not really a lot that happens so you know he he sort of he's supposed to throw a fight at the beginning he doesn't and he goes on the run you know picks up with his uh estranged brother and then he just spends the movie sort of waiting to get caught, basically. Hmm. Has a bit of a romance and that's it. So then you got the big rematch at the end. But yeah, I liked it in sort of places. I like the fact that they focused a little bit more on that kind of relationship side rather than just making it a full-on fight film. So there was a little bit more ambition to have a little bit more, I, I guess, drama than those kind of films often will have. And um, yeah, I thought the, the lead guy was, he wasn't too bad. He sort of has a kind of everyman quality, you know, mm-hmm. like he's just wandered out of a gym. Uh, so he sort of, that kind of worked for the film, I thought, without him necessarily. He doesn't have the sort of star power of those sort of, you know, 90s action guys, but he's got this, you know, he's got a kind of everyman quality. And then, yeah, I was watching it for Lou Ferrigno, basically, and I thought, you know, he had a good presence in it. And he always seems to enjoy what he's doing, so it was good to see him in something again again, as well.
0: I thought what was interesting about his character was he was quite a weak villain, mm.
1: because
0: he, he's kind of established at the beginning as as uh, uh, he's in charge and he he's got this fighter you know jake bolt is his fighter who was supposed to throw the fight so that he would please his uh, the people above him i guess all the people he's in business with uh, and he doesn't do that so that's kind of the thing is he wants him back to fix that and when he does get him back he basically it's like fool me fool me once shame on mm-hmm. you know fool me once you know whatever that expression is you yeah. know what i'm saying he's like yeah. he basically causes yeah. the exact same thing to happen to himself uh, at the end without wishing to, you know, I know that spoils it, but, you know, this movie can't be spoiled a a huge amount. But the, I love the fact that he's called Jake Bolt. I think that's a good character name. Uh, It it probably deserves to be in a better film, Mm. but it's good. Say Ferrigno, uh, he has a couple of fun scenes, but he's not really in it as much. They kind of establish that he's almost a father figure for Jake. Like he he basically joined him as a as a very young guy, and I felt what developed, you know, him betraying him, you know, in the ring and stuff. There wasn't the the gravitas that that they sort of do that throwback Mm. scene, but it it doesn't it doesn't connect. There's not enough there. It's it's almost like he doesn't even dwell on it or anything, even though it's supposed to be like somebody who's he's known for at least 15 years. But you know what I mean. Um, he's a kid off. There's the stuff with the brother, I think, is good because again, they do the flashbacks and they show, well, actually, he's an adopted brother, you know, it was, it was mm. an older kid found him on the street, took him home to his abusive father's house, and just said, hey, you know, just stay with us. You know, it's like, and he gets a, takes a beating for bringing the kid home, but that's about it. And they just kind of bond and stay together. So that's quite an interesting dimension. But yeah, the, the Lou Ferrigno stuff just isn't developed in in the, the way i mean it almost seems like they were sort of second guessing themselves of what to do with them do you see mm-hmm. what i mean it's like they almost like they threw it in it's like a last minute thing or they they were not confident that that was something that was going to work so they abandoned it and they just thought well let's focus on the the relationship between the brothers and not their not relationship with um, monroe for ingo's yeah. character
2: mm-hmm.
0: By the way, the skull, who's the guy, uh, skull, the guy who's yeah. uh, fighting at the beginning and at the end, I thought he looked familiar. He was in American Fighter, which we watched uh, many All episodes, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, back earlier yeah. in the year. Uh, so because he's got a very distinct start, he's got a bit like um, not not in the same way, but you know, like how Martin Ford's got that very specific body mm-hmm. shape that you remember, uh, and this guy's got this really, you know, very broad shoulders, you know, really sort of powerful looking guy but yeah the, like you say the, the fight scene doesn't really well the fight scenes don't really do either of them justice no um although Lau like you say in in the uh training scenes and stuff he looks really impressive and you know he's got a great physique so he's ch- yeah. he's taking his shirt off every five seconds
1: mm. <laughs> well there's that and the, you know there's a the fight at um Sonia's gym that that was really good mm-hmm. you know you got to see his moves properly I, I don't know just something went wrong in the filming of those scenes um it, it, well they, they they had no choreography at all you know
0: well he, he, uh, ian Lauer was the choreographer of the film i believe
1: mm. well, i don't know what happened there then that, that was dreadful but he doesn't have a huge
0: amount of experience as far as i sure. can tell so yeah. maybe that's uh, yeah.
1: wrong. But but as I said, I, I, I liked his moves. You know, when when that, that gym fight and things. You know, he's he's got a good sort of series of sort of blocks followed by counter strikes and things. It, it looks really cool and and quite unique. You know, it, it looked like a quite unique style. Um, and his you know the karate catters uh, and things that he's doing in the film all look very good. Um, yeah, good was, with was, the nunchucks as well. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah it, was, it was just that opening opening and ending sort of fights with, with, um, Grundy just didn't really connect at all. The funny Uh, thing is that that opening scene feels like an
0: in media rest scene. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, you think, Oh, here's the fight and here's how we got to that. But you Mm. actually get the opposite. It's like, here's the fight. And then we're actually going to do the re we're going to return to that fight, but in a, in a, in a rematch way. Um, I don't. I don't think they should have jumped into the fight and then had him throw it at that point because I don't think enough was established. So there's no there's no s- stakes really to what he's done. You no, know I mean so, I think yeah. there should have been some build-up yeah. there. But...
1: Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, scores on the doors. Uh, I'm. I, uh, I'm going to go, Tom.
0: I, I need some more time to think.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Tom, what are you going to score this? Um...
2: Oh, this is a tough one. I'm i gonna have to go with a five, I think. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm gonna join you on a five, actually. And um, I'm gonna
0: go for a five as well. I mm-hmm. um I did like the "you wouldn't like him when he's angry" line, which uh, <laughs> yeah. Lauer throws throws in. It's so they they so don't dwell on it that mm. you almost miss it. So I think I quite like how um, how they underplayed that. Yeah. Um. You know, by by. by so yeah, and so, some good training scenes and stuff.
1: But. So again, you know, there's a running theme here. This is also available on Amazon Prime. Um, other, other streaming services are other, available. Yeah, they are indeed. Yeah, you can always rent it if you don't have Prime. But yeah, check it out if you, if, if you know, if if you must. Um, see if you agree with us about that opening fight scene or lack of one. Um, and if you get anything out of it, let us know. Uh, so yeah, three fives for Enter the Fire. Our short shot this week is a Kung Fu vampire story. Um, in this one we have a young Taoist priest who is trying to teach his um, apprentice how to seal the coffin of um, for a vampire, but he just wants to go trick-or-treating instead, and comic hijinks ensue. Um, so I think we're familiar, Rich, with the um, the guys who made this one.
0: Yes, the Marshall Club. I think Marshall my Club. first I think I first became aware of them from the Fighting Spirit Film Festival when they showed a little little video that they yes. made uh, there. Uh, and yeah, these guys really know their stuff. They're very passionate about the genre, you know, about mm. the uh, Hong Kong martial arts film in, in particular. So they make lots of uh, short film homages uh, and, and sketches and, mm. and different things like that. And yeah, the, this is the hopping vampire one, basically.
1: This, this is and, brilliant. Uh, Basically, yeah, it's it, a lot of fun. Isn't it? it is a lot of fun. Um, it starts off a bit rough because, um, although the guys can move really, really well, um, you know, the, the the comedy is very broad as as it is in Hong Kong, anyway. Um But but yeah, this you know, if, if you're a fan of things like uh, Mr. Vampire and um... okay, what's that, guys? Oh, that's me. Sorry, <laughs> bloody video started on me. Did you hear that? No. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> oh, totally lost my train of thought. Okay, yes. So, yes, they get this completely right. Um, so, if you know, if you're a fan of things like Mr. Vampire and um, Close Encounters of the Spooky Kind, um, this this is right up your street. You know, uh, the uh, Lam Ching Ying films of the day. They get this spot on I think you know that the the, uh, the fast pace the, uh, the the broad comedy um you've got the, the you know the the bull guy doing a very good Samuel hung impression even with the, you know with the braces and everything it it just really really worked really well uh tom what do you think
2: yeah, I totally agree it was uh fantastic, so can't really say much more than that I don't think really Bang on, all round I love the comedy as well they mm. I mean, they got the choreography of the action really well, but the, the timing of the comedy was really good as well.
1: Oh, spot on! Yeah, I mean, even things like you know, sort of confusing the, um, you know, did, did I, did he say the black dog's blood or the chicken blood? I mean, that that is a typical setup from things like Mr. Vampire and stuff like that. You know, did, did he get the sticky rice? Yeah, well, I got the rice, you know, it's that, that sort of yeah. thing. No, it has to be sticky rice. Yeah, yeah, I got the rice. But there you go. Um, yeah, no, I loved, loved all that. Did you notice that the, the coffin was basically just made out of cardboard? <laughs> cardboard, yeah. <laughs> it was basically shot in the garage. Exactly. It looks like the whole thing yeah. was just shot in the garage. I thought, yeah, the, all the props just like, you know, sort of made um, by hand. Um, but by these guys, great job all around, uh, Rich. Yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely. And, you know, as I say, they make, they, these guys have been making films for quite a long time films and shorts and par- little parodies and stuff and all sorts of things they've been yeah. doing. They really know, you know, how to choreograph their scenes and how to shoot them really well. Good angles, good, good cinematography, considering that, yeah. you know, the limitations, you know, the, the colors and the, the mix and everything they've got going on. Yeah. Um, Tom, were you familiar with these guys before you saw this?
2: No, not beforehand, but I mean, I'll be, I'll certainly be looking up some stuff now.
0: I definitely, uh, they did a film about four months ago. Well, this one's a, a, a 11 minute uh, film. The uh, one they did four months ago of Fist of Fury, uh, 12 minutes long, that's really worth watching as well. So it's basically recreating a scene uh, from Fist of Fury essentially is what that is. Uh, but again, it shows their flair and, you know, their enthusiasm. Uh, they always do also uh, behind the scenes videos and stuff which are worth seeing and they do tricking stuff and all sorts
1: absolutely yeah re- really smart as, as rich said you know we did see one of their shorts at the london film festival so the uh fighting spirit film festival um, a couple of years ago now and it, it did blow us away it was out of competition because it was an old clip but um, mm. it really did sort of show, showcase their their, their work Um, But yeah, really good to see this. Um, Definitely recommend it. We will put the link into the footnotes, so please check it out. If you're, um, you know, even if you're not a martial arts fan, I think you'll get something out of the comedy. (laughs) Our DTV throwback this week is Nemesis. A burned out L.A. cyborg cop called Alex is forced by his commissioner to find his former cyborg partner and lover who's about to deliver sensitive data to cyborg terrorists who wish to wage war against the humans. But is he being played? Um, okay, so this was sort of made at the height of sort of Albert Pion's, um sort of directing powers, I think. So following in the, from the likes of uh, Cyborg with um, Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, this stars Olivia Gruner and Tim Thomason. And is a lot of fun. It's it's uh, very fast-paced, lots of stuff going on, big explosions, lots of good martial arts. Um, I haven't I must admit, I hadn't revisited this for a long time, but uh, I, I still I love the um, you know the opening bits in the hotel and stuff. I thought it was really good. So yeah, I, I thoroughly I enjoyed this. Uh, Tom, over to you.
2: Yeah, I like a bit of uh, Albert Pugh I think this is probably my favourite film of his, I think, as well. Um, It's, uh, you know, really stylish. I think when he's given a a bit of a budget to work with, particularly back in that kind of era, he had a certain sort of flair. Mm. Um, He didn't always sort of piece the films together with, you know, much of an idea of structure sometimes, occasionally. But, um, you know, he there's a lot of really good stuff in this and a lot of stuff that actually got lifted into other films. So, you know, there's a great set piece where Gruner's sort of trapped in a hotel room and he's getting fired upon hmm. with like a ridiculous amount of ammo. And he shoots and the his floor. A, Yeah, his only way out is to shoot through the, the floor and he goes down sort of five, five floors, basically shooting his way down. So I think they, they lifted that into Underworld, I think.
1: With, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And dog soldiers as well.
2: Know. Yeah, oh, they
1: do the dog soldiers. Yeah, do something similar. Yeah, I think uh, the original idea came from um, uh, Escape from New York. I think where he sort of shoots through the wall, but yeah. they they changed it to sort of shooting through the floor, which is uh, really cool.
0: Yeah, these
1: guys shoot through the walls as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they, yeah. they create those um, do- doors that they break through.
0: Um, yeah, like you say, huge amount of firepower in mm. this movie. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's great. Uh, there's just some really sort of, you know, good, good set pieces. And you've got, you know, there's a few moments where there's sort of close-up, you know, moments of these cyborgs just getting blown apart by gunfire, which is mm. really sort of impressive.
1: Yeah, some good sort of prosthetics and things going on here yeah. as well. Rich, over yeah. to you, what do you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, I really like, I loved uh, Olivia Gruner back at this time. His films like Automatic and Savage are favorites of mine. This one, not so much of a favorite, but going back and revisiting, I mean, there's there's so much in it. And like you say, clearly seems to have been quite influential and very, very ambitious uh, at the time. I mean, this is around the time of Hard Boiled, so Pune has clearly got some. Uh, hard-boiled influence going uh, mm-hmm. on the lost, film, Lots of two-fisted
1: gun action, yeah, yeah,
0: and the long coat and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff, and the, some, some of the, I mean, there's a whole scene where they're fighting on this what seems to be incredibly long slide mm. uh, going down, the all muddy, sli- muddy slide from a like building site, uh, kind of or a desolate um, building uh, place. Anyway, so they have like this long fight, which sort of turns into like a bit of a gunplay scene. So there's there's all these sort of really notable action sequence very very typical of pune in in that he's got he assembled he always seems to assemble great casts he, he has desolate locations uh, mm. usually quite uh, uh, uh colorful kind of films quite often and quite ponderous as well so there's there's all that is in here there's it cuts it's got quite of a slow meandering sort of you know pondering uh theme to it and you know uh, um, would you say sort of uh, Alex is thinking about his situation and all that sort of you know the way he's becoming Mm -hmm. less human and um, the thing was when as you know the 90s wore on Pewden had very less money for the big action scenes so he just kind of did the ponderous sort of meandering stuff instead but he still managed to get I mean he's done nemesis sequels and stuff which were largely unrelated to, to this mm-hmm. I would say but I mean so the cast you mentioned Tim Thomason again another thing I think was really influential is Tom Tim, Tim Thomason is basically yeah. mr. Smith from The Matrix
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah don't you think I mean yeah dresses and what he's, you know the, the way he refers to himself and you know what their position is as the sort of the, the, the robots sort of who've taken over essentially, and are trying to wipe out the human race. But we get Har- K- Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa, again, who we mm. spoke about uh, recently with uh, Danger Zone. Uh, we've also got uh, uh, Vince Klin, who's a, a, a regular uh, from Cyborg. I think he was the villain in that. Uh, Tom Matthews, who we talked about recently with the uh, Never Hike in the Snow short film from oh, yeah. the act, mm-hmm. who was in uh, Jason Lives and and stuff like that but he was also, he also went on to be in like kickboxer for uh margine holden brian james doing a mm-hmm. a, a, a german <laughs> character <laughs> accent for for no discernible reason uh, other than to have he, he seemed to always have fun with the accents didn't he um uh, like in tango and cash yeah when he was playing the call blimey platform.
1: yeah yeah
0: um, but also did you spot little tom little thomas jane little spotty thomas jane in that in that really? early love scene, yeah, his, his face was so spotty, I couldn't believe it. Um, play, playing uh, the love intro, because you remember that there's that hotel scene where you yeah, are yeah, just yeah. standing around naked, yeah, yeah, and just looking out the window and, and stuff like that. So yeah, that's that was Tom that was Thomas Jane, Good one of his, one of his first movies. Um, uh, Say, so, but it's the action that's mm-hmm. that's the thing. I mean, we've spoken in uh, recent episodes about a couple of things, like you know the uh, like danger zone, like the jumping off of waterfalls and you know mm-hmm. jumping off of cliffs big stunts in this movie they're jumping through windows they're jump they're blow literally blown out of a uh of a of a, of a shack or so you know building yeah, yeah. at one point is like it like, is I'm, I'm amazed nobody got killed i mean that looked pretty legit that that, mm-hmm. that scene there's like three stunt people i think get blown out of this building um that say they're jumping off of uh yeah, jumping off these waterfalls, and also really, really well done. Let's say the uh, the slide sequence, all the two-fisted gunplay, the opening sequence, even with with the sort of desolate um, area where they're all mm. just sort of gunning for him and shooting for him. And they pull out the other thing is massive guns. You know, the, the, mm. some of them they're pulling out these enormous. They're so big they're strapped That's to their pro-pholic. waist. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're such big weapons uh, in the movie. Uh, and literally blowing places to to mm. to hell with so many you know uh, bullet holes all yeah. over the place. I mean, they really rip the place apart.
1: We also got that great sequence at the end as well, where it's sort of, you get that sort of stop motion effects sort of thing going on as well. That's that yes. really
0: cool. Oh, that's the other thing because they do the they do the jump off of the off of the cliff, mm. but it's like a spinning jump. And he turns around to fire the gun yeah that's right yeah, yeah. it's a re- and you know that's pretty that's a pretty dangerous stunt mm. at the best of times let alone do it all f- you know flipping around and uh, you know spinning yourself exactly really uh, very very impressive mm-hmm. um sequence and it works really
1: well in the moon. absolutely there was um i think there was talk a while ago um because albert pion was he was trying to get off the ground a restoration for Cyborg, which I believe was originally called Slingers. That was the original name for it.
0: Yeah, I think he did release yeah. his own cut of the yeah. film. I think it is available, you know, yeah. like you could buy it from his website and stuff. He's it. done that with, um, with Captain America and other stuff as well.
1: Yeah, and, it, and also he was working on sort of adding CGI and sort of remastering this film as well, you know, to sort of add more of a sort of a, a sort of map painting style backdrop. To some of the sort of more desolate scenes, so so it didn't look so empty. I think that's what he was he was aiming at. But yeah, um, I think I saw a couple of little clips, to sort of, um, on on YouTube or something. But it's it's worth having a look anyway. But yeah, this is this classic. I think
0: he's got quite a severe dementia now. Mm. He kind of retired circa 2010, but then he's sort of started to come back and do little projects here and there. I mean, yeah. he's always he's he's. He, was, he used to be very, very prolific in films of, uh, of very, varying quality, but he always seems to assemble these great cuts. So, for example, Nemesis 2 mm. isn't a patch on Nemesis, uh, the, the, the same de- sort of desolate landscape, but it's essentially just a, a cheap Terminator 2 kind of knockoff, right. whereas this is a much more Blade Runner kind of ambitious. Although the, mm. the locations are sparse, uh, you know, he's you know, but they go to the jungle and stuff. It's a, it's, it's very interesting to look at the
1: locations. Yeah. Oh yeah, it goes to the jungle, go to the desert for for mm. for, for, desert. for training thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, it's rehabilitation, isn't it? it? Goes to the desert. But yeah, no, really good. Um, okay, so uh, we don't score the um, throwbacks, but we will recommend that you check it out. Um, it's there on Prime, as as these things tend to be. Um,
0: i think it's on blu-ray even yeah i think
1: because
0: the the another thing i was really surprised because i haven't seen it since i saw the vhs um the 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 copy on amazon just looks great yeah really pristine i felt it it does it gives you much more from you know you get a lot more out of the movie from from the quality of that print Mm. definitely
1: absolutely yeah it's definitely worth checking out And that is the end of this week's show. Thank you for uh, Tom and Rich for joining me this week. Thank you very much.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. So all the trailers will be in the footnotes. Check them out. We'll also put the link to the um, Kung Fu Vampire story in the the, uh, footnotes. Thank you for listening. and Tune in again next time.